FCS football podcast with Joe DeLeon. Well, let's get fat. And Sean Anderson. I am a soothsayer. This is the FCS football podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I am Joe DeLeon, joined as always by my good friend, Mr. Sean Anderson, former all. Sean Anderson, happy to be on the Believe FCS Football Podcast. Well, thanks for rudely uh, interrupting me there, Sean. Really appreciated that. Uh, you couldn't have just let me open. I had a lot of energy. I was a little bit somber while so we were doing it. I. I, I was just trying to recip- re- you know, replicate you your energy. Off, That's though. what I was trying you, to do. You cut me off. I was, I was a little somber when we were doing the notes. I got myself juiced up, and I was like, all right, I'm going to kill this opener. And out of nowhere, you pull a, a Jake Fire. Some of you guys I don't know. I did not. You guys I don't was know killing the Fire open is, with you, brother. But, we were on the same uh, page. Well, now I'm. I am. Uh, <laughs> You're lost. No, I'm not lost. I didn't mean to isolate our listeners who don't know who Jake Fire is. But besides the point, thank you for cutting me <laughs> off and being uh, a, a belligerent uh, interruption there. Belligerent. belligerent. I think that's that's a little harsh, Joe. I was just trying to match your energy. Fine, I will take that. Well, this is the FCS Football Podcast, your go-to source for accurate and quality analysis on FCS football from two former URI football players, Joe DeLeon and former lineman Sean Anderson. So today, guys, uh, we're going to be continuing our previews of every single conference at the FCS level. We are on to the Big South, the conference of Sean Blythe and... Uh, Nick Masseroni, two of our very reoccurring listeners who are in the marching band at Kennesaw State. So I'm sure they're very interested in listening to this show as they're constantly berating us with questions about Kennesaw State and the the uh, the Big South. But Sean, today we are going to get into it. But before we get into that, Sean, I was uh, I was a little bit interested to find while while doing our notes. And I don't know how I, n- I never really fully noticed this last year in the first year of us covering the FCS. But did you know that Presbyterian, a member of the Big South, their mascot is named Scotty the Scotsman, and the team's official like uh, mascot itself, like what they refer to themselves as, is the Blue Hose. Do you have any guesses what like, I'm I'm this I'm saying this I don't even know. Do you have any guesses what Blue Hose would possibly mean as a mascot? Okay, well, this is this is awfully confusing. Um, Scotty the Scotsman. That's it's not terrible. That's pretty bad. And this is coming from <laughs> a, a person like I'm. I, like my descendants are from Scotland, and I I don't know what that is. I don't know what that means. I it's it's like are they trying to be their own Fighting Irish? I think that's what it is. But it's not like the golfing Scots. It's Scotty the Scotsman. That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's very ham-fisted. That's like Brazili the Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing here, Presbyterian? And then the blue hose. Yeah, and the more thrown off by that, if I'm being completely that, honest. It's it's somehow it's somehow even more questionable than Scotty the Scotsman. And this is my first time actually getting eyes on these two names. The Blue Hose. It's like, okay, so they're just stealing. That's like the Crimson Tide. Or what was it? The Red Blanket? That, that um, uh, Yeah, Colgate but that's was. for a different reasoning. So, Sean, the, 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 the logic, though, behind the name is it says here after a very quick Wikipedia search, uh, the team name comes from the socks worn by the football team in the early days of the 20th century. So that is reference to the 
the um oh. the the fact that they wore blue socks. Um, I, I, I guess hose <laughs> is like like pantyhose. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's it's a hair. Kind, it's, like, it's a oh, hair so lazy. It's like the Knicks, like the Knickerbockers, uh, but yeah. they chose to go with hose as being the the word to describe their their lower body clothing. Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know how neither of us... Because there's not a, a lot of... Or actually, there's a decent amount of weird mascots at the FCS level. And that I don't know... nuts. Yeah, I don't know how we've gone this far without acknowledging that Presbyterian... And understandably, Presbyterian is probably one of the um, lesser acknowledged teams in our time working. But still, that is... That is awfully bizarre. Well, we're going to talk Thank about... You. What, what we're going to say? <laughs> uh, you just added the picture of the mascot uh, itself. Um... I wish I could say I hated it more than I do, but it's 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 got a good jawline. Uh, but jawline—that's what you look for in mascots. Better than the Demon Deacon jawline. Well, for my mascot, um, I look for if is anything um, creepier than the Oklahoma State Cowboy, uh, because I think that's the uh, creepiest mascot ever. And if is it more low rent than the Stanford Cardinal? Uh, but this is it, it's it's in the middle for me as an actual mascot itself, not the name, not any of that, but the look of it. It's a middle ground mascot. Yeah, as you can tell, folks, instead of being very diligent in our pre-show notes, we spent a lot of time preparing and talking to you about the blue hose. But we're going to get off of that now <laughs> and go into last year's standings from the Big South, which was an incredibly competitive conference last year as Towards the end, it was a big storyline for us talking about how there were multiple teams in contention that were fighting to make the playoff. And, and it wasn't like the um, the Patriot League that had a lot of bad teams and it was basically which team was the least of the worst. This is a case where there were a lot of really competitive teams and two ended up making it to the playoffs. That being Monmouth, who was 11-3, and 6-0 and in the conference, and then Kennesaw State, 11-3, and and then 5-1 and in the conference. It's worth noting, though, Sean, with Monmouth, that they are losing quarterback Kenji Bahar, running back Pete Guerrero, who declared early, and then also defensive back Tymeer Barry, who were all top performers at their respective positions in the country. We'll talk about that a little bit more when we speak on the potential winners of the Big South going forward. But after Kennesaw State last year, we had Charleston Southern 6-6, six 4-2 and six, and in the conference, Campbell 6-5, and 3-3 three and three in conference, Gardner Webb three and nine, one and five. Hampton was also in the mix for a period of time, five and seven, one and five in conference. Presbyterian two and ten, one and five. Uh, North Alabama, who is a new member of the conference, thank you for including that, Sean. Four and seven. Obviously, last year they were zero and zero, but this will be North Alabama's first year, if I'm correct, Sean, that they'll be competing in the Big South. Yes. So, Sean, in terms of guys that we have returning, we don't have any quarterbacks on this year's list just because of the overwhelming group of, of senior quarterbacks last year. At the, the whole top half, I would say, of quarterbacks from last season were all seniors, a lot of really good players. So there aren't really any notable guys that we can draw to that have a ton of experience as key returners. It was a bit of the same case for running backs, and we also chose not to include any of the Kennesaw State quarterbacks just for the the simple case. I don't think it's terrible to to go off this logic of 
they're not really quarterbacks because they run the ball so much and they run the triple option. It's basically oh a boy. Run, here it, comes the it's a running here comes ma- the mail for Joe. We started early. Yeah, I'm gonna piss some people off. <laughs> I, what else is new? When I, we always piss one person off every show, but it's a they are running backs who occasionally throw the ball. Am I wrong? And they also had multiple quarterbacks play in and out during the season. So whoever starts the their season, strength is running option offenses. Yes. that's how I would put it. Yes. So it's not exactly what we look for when we talk about types of players and, and trait based players that are returning, not only statistically, but also in terms of uh, talent at the position. And some of these guys also, I would say most of them have some sort of talent that translates to potential at the next level. But Sean, our first guy is a guy that I'm really excited about. That is uh, Jadakus Bond, sophomore wide receiver from Hampton. Really tall, lean guy, six foot four, 180, uh, 70 receptions, 943 yards, and then a crazy 15 touchdowns to go along mm. with it. And when I was watching him, Sean, uh, Bonds is just this tall, uh, very light, quick receiver, almost to the point where I wouldn't even want him to add any more weight because he just flies up the field on his routes. He's a a, a go-to guy for uh, these deep 10-yard-plus route concepts. And then I also saw him make a couple really good sideline catches as they worked him on a couple out routes. So a very talented receiver, good footwork. And you got to love that size coming from a a big south receiver too. Yeah, that 180, it it, it is a difference because we have another guy that I'm about to bring up uh, that's a little different but very similar. Uh, Bonds, it's just like he's gliding over the field, and we saw that with Mamadou Mbai and Isaiah Coulter and Montez Wilson. Uh, Mamadou, obviously the shortest of the three, and I'm just drawing upon our experience. They just run differently, and they're just built to glide over the field. It's like their feet never even touch. And then but obviously, you have to be very um, strong with your feet uh, playing wide receiver, especially at six foot four, and to have a to be a good route runner. And Bonds can still do that, uh, but just he just runs so naturally, it looks effortless, uh, even how fast he is. Uh, but the one guy, uh, the next uh, wide receiver on the list here, Isaiah Gaythings, uh, sophomore from Gardner Webb, six foot four, two sixteen. Uh, a bit heavier than Bonds uh, last year. 71 catches, 1,046 yards, and 11 touchdowns. So we can already see some similarities between the two. As the number one wide receivers on their team, both six foot four, both putting up incredibly uh, good stats. And they're just, they're tall. They're ball catchers. This uh, gay thing is, I mean, he's a jump ball catcher. And I, I'm going to let Joe allude to that a little more because I know he watched more film mm. on gay things than me. But, uh, He's just a a, a, a mosser, as it, but he's not limited to being a mosser. I know he can he can run routes and do the route tree, but for a, a specialty wide receiver, he's very good at the jump ball. Yeah, Gaythings is a lot more of a, a bigger-bodied receiver just because he has that extra 30 pounds of weight. And when I talk about Bonds and, and the difference between the two, Bonds is more of a, a speedster, a guy that can fly past defensive backs. And I think Gaythings has that speed, not as much as Bonds, but you do see what they like to use him for, which is finding those jump ball situations in the end zones. I watched him take a post route where he came across the middle of the field. The defensive back that was on him was just too short to even make a play on the ball. He, he Very good box out position that he was able to make on the ball go and pluck that thing out of the air it was just a really really nice grab for gay things and I think that that's the kind of potential that you're going to be getting from him he already surpassed 1,000 yards and also 10 touchdowns last year so that is going to be something to really watch with him to take that next step and uh, get even more productive in this next season for Gardner Webb we've got another receiver on here Sean and this is someone I remember hearing you while we were doing some 
uh, film breakdown and notes before the show of uh, that is Lonnie Moore, the fourth uh, redshirt junior wide receiver from Monmouth, five foot ten, one seventy, seventy four receptions, one thousand and twenty two yards, and then nine touchdowns. Super fast guy, Sean. He was really really quick feet. Very quick feet, and what I like most about Moore um, is his body control. Uh, 5'10", 170, you're like, okay, how's, how is this guy not in control of his body? But it's just different. The way that he moves and the way that his, his hips move uh, when, when he has the ball in his hands, the way that uh, he always has balance and he can take hits, and then he knows how to contort his body to reduce the hit coming from the defensive player and stay on his feet. It, it Really impressive uh, body control from Moore, which is just all the more complimentary to his speed. Yeah, I saw a guy that's got really quick feet, really, really shifty. They did a really good job of incorporating him in, in as many ways as possible as that Monmouth offense was just running on on all uh, you know, all speed as, as fast as they can using so many fast electric guys on that team. And, and Moore was one of those players as they were working him in on jet sweeps and, and similar things like that. It was like the Monmouth last year was like the the southeastern Louisiana of the of the Big South. I guess you could say not, that. Not because of their uh, records or any of that in the playoffs, but but just the way, just all the speed that they had. Would you like me to touch on our one offensive lineman here? Uh, yes, go ahead. You are the offensive lineman man. That is Chris Dye, the redshirt junior from Kennesaw, six foot three, two ninety six. Uh, he's got a really good build, good frame. Uh, he always has his feet moving, which I really like uh, from watching him. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't just get his hands on and then stop and lock his feet are still uh pounding like you know just everyone compares it to pistons and but that's just what you compare it to you just have to keep them moving keep moving and keep positioning yourself and resetting because you're going to get defensive linemen that are going to not just settle for getting locked up and uh and die doesn't let that happen uh he's very athletic which you have to be running that offense that Kennesaw State runs, uh, get him in space and he can make plays. Uh, pass protecting is pretty solid. And then run blocking, I like to see him get a little bit lower uh, generally. Uh, but he's a good offensive lineman, and I think he's the best returning offensive lineman uh, for the Big South uh, for this upcoming year. Yeah, it's not easy to to run that offense as an offensive lineman. It takes a really different skill set, which is why we tend to see some lighter guys playing along the offensive line for these triple option teams. But it does require an effort to get to the next level, being quick enough and that ability to move in space, which Dye does really well. Sean, our first defensive player, Anton Williams Jr., Charleston Southern, uh, six foot three, two fifteen on the lighter side for a defensive end, uh, fifty four tackles, seventeen tackles for loss eight sacks and one interception. Yeah, the guy flies around and he's a 215. I don't think that's indicative of, of how he plays. He's got long arms and he keeps defenders off of him or uh, the blockers off of him, pardon me. Uh, but he's just, he, he's um, imposing himself with his speed and his ability to get in the backfield and rip by offensive linemen and swim by them and just get back there and make his presence felt. But the most interesting thing about Williams Jr. or Williams is that uh his counterpart, Chandre Mims, on the same team, Richard Sophomore for Charleston Southern, six foot two, two twenty-eight, twenty-seven total tackles, twelve tackles for loss, and ten sacks. This defensive line for Charleston Southern is going to be the best um, defensive line this upcoming year. Both of these guys, I expect to break out. And uh, what I see from Mims compliments Williams uh, because Mims has uh, very uh, fast feet. So whatever, if you're an offense coming up and you have to face this Charleston Southern defensive lineman, you you have to, you, 
you're going to be in trouble because both these guys are fast enough to beat you around the edge. Both of these guys are fast enough to beat you on the inside. And you're going to have to have some double teams or you're going to have to have the right slide call at the right time. They're going to cause uh, a lot of headaches for these offensive line coaches and these coordinators to have to deal with both of these guys. And certainly they're not the, the biggest guys, but they really do complement each other in terms of the production that they were able to produce with tackles for losses and sacks along that Charleston Southern defensive line. On to our first linebacker, outside linebacker, Bryson Armstrong, redshirt junior from Kennesaw State, the former Jerry Rice National Freshman of the Year in 2017. Not a super big linebacker at 5'11", 212, but racked up a ton of production in terms of tackles. 95 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, and three and a half sacks. When I was watching him, Sean, I noticed he's you know, very good at stacking and shedding, which is a bit underrated for some of these smaller school linebacker he's a quick player considering how how much smaller he is compared to the prototypical linebacker but I think because of the school that he plays at not really getting a lot of reps against normal offenses he's not that right great um he's not that active against the pass and in pass coverage but I really like what he does against the run no, he definitely uh, plays the run really well and then how could you not if you're yeah it, it, I mean it's like <laughs> It's like being a, a a second string player on the Warriors. Like you're probably going to be pretty good defending <laughs> the three ball by the end of your tenure there. Uh, but the next linebacker on our list here is Colby Campbell, a junior from Presbyterian. I really like this guy. Six foot ten, or six foot two hundred ten pounds. Last year, one hundred and fifty tackles, sixteen point five tackles for loss, and nine sacks. Now it's just not the it's just not the stats that I like about him, but watching him play. He's a really good square tackler and playing college football for three and four years. You you get to see who can really tackle and who is just strong enough to wrap up. And this this Campbell guy, he will line you up with his helmet, three point contact, just like you're supposed to, but never anything uh, uh, vicious or that could be considered targeting. Just form tackles all the time. And he's always trying to put his helmet on the correct side of the ball carrier that uh, most of the time you're just making a tackle just to get the tackle. He's always thinking about getting that ball out with that helmet. And that's what linebackers are taught to do. That's what defensive linemen are taught to do. If you have the opportunity and you're there, get the helmet on the right side of the ball. The guy can play and the guy is a definitive linebacker for the Big South. I'm really looking forward to watching him play. It's kind of ironic. The one guy with the name Campbell is not on Campbell University, but still nonetheless best player on that uh, Presbyterian team that has not been very successful. I would like to say besides that amazing production that he has, he also uh, joins the list of players with uh, tremendous flow. If, uh, would you agree with that, Sean, that he's got some pretty good hair? I don't like that you use flow because I think that's a little cross term and uh, oh, I'm not going to abide by that. I can say oh, that if God, I want God, to. God. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Like it's how, the, it's what the else other way around. Does he have <laughs> lettuce, Joe? Does that, what else? Is that what he has? Okay, how would you describe someone with really good hair? Because that is really nice hair. You got good hair. I like your hair. I hate you, but we're talking about long hair. We're talking about he's got this long. Uh, he 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 honestly looks like the embodiment of what I would refer to as a a, a Scotsman, the Scotty the Scotsman, in terms of that you know that hair that he's got going on. But um, that is besides the point. Sean, our next I player, know it is. yeah, uh, our next guy is linebacker Justice Galloway Velasquez, sophomore linebacker from Campbell. 
huge guy, big lumbering linebacker, six foot two, two fifty five, one hundred nine tackles last year, seven and a half tackles for loss, and three sacks. But you can see with that size that he's not a very quick guy. He's not a, a sideline to sideline linebacker, but he's just this big, mean dude that just comes downhill, uh, looking to knock you out and put you on the ground with uh, with as much force as possible. Definitely, 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 definitely. Uh, how is his hair, Joe? Um, I didn't look at his hair. Oh, interesting. Okay. Uh, our first DB on the list here, Anthony Budd, Jr. from Monmouth, five foot 11, 190 pounds. Last year, 66 total tackles. Love that. Four and a half tackles for loss. Love that even more. Five picks, four pass breakups, and nine passes defended. This guy is all over the place. He is the cornerstone of this Monmouth defense. He is uh, just going to make plays for you all over the place. And that's what you need from him. That's what you need from this guy. He is going to make an impact on the game in one way or the other. Right after him, Cody Klein, free safety from Charleston Southern, six foot one, one eighty five. Actually, not free safety. I misread the the freshman mark here. Do you mean to put sophomore? When you put freshman, oh, yeah, down sophomore. Here. Pardon me. Yeah, pardon sophomore. Me. Uh, ignore any classes that we might have said before this. Six foot one, one eighty five, seventy three total tackles, two tackles for loss, one interception, and five pass breakups. Oh boy, now you got me thinking right now. Our last defensive back on the list here, Darian Slade, redshirt junior. So maybe he's probably a redshirt senior now. Probably uh, last year's a redshirt <laughs> redshirt junior from Campbell, six feet tall, two hundred pounds, great frame. Last year, sixty eight tackles and one interception, and he will be wrapping up our key returning players list. Sean, now before we get on to breaking down the conference and giving some predictions, if you will, I want to fill in our listeners on our reoccurring sponsor. That is Bet Online. While you're waiting this out at home, you can still have some fun betting on a number of things. Heck, a lot of live sports are starting to come back. We had NASCAR back this past weekend. UFC is is starting to keep going in full swing. They're doing whatever they can. I don't think it'll be very long until the MLB and the maybe the NBA and NHL continue and finish their playoffs. There's also Madden and NBA 2K simulations, as well as their online casino with poker and blackjack. And also, in addition to that, uh, coming up next Sunday, Bet Online has ex Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges joining to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they call After the Dance. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100 to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Sean, if we were going to pick one guy that we all we both really liked, and you have two guys already failing to follow instructions here, who are your guys that you really want to watch and you think could be serious playmakers next year? Okay, I don't like how you said that because obviously <laughs> I put one of them as an honorable mention, and that is Lonnie Moore. He is my honorable mention, but ahead of him and the actual player to watch for my selection here is Colby Campbell. That's who it is. And I already gave the details on him, and now Joe's trying to lampoon my pick, as he <laughs> always does. But the guy flies around the field, and he's really fun to watch, and he's just a really good tackler. If you're a fan of form tackles and hard hits, watch Colby Campbell. Yeah, Colby Campbell was obnoxiously productive. You don't see a guy get 150 tackles, 16 and a half tackles for a loss, and then almost 
uh, 10 sacks to go along with that as a linebacker that I can't even see how he couldn't be more productive than that. He almost has some Dante Olsen type um, streak in terms of racking up tackles and, and statistics. As we know, Dante Olsen was one of the most productive players in college football at the FCS level for a few years running. And Colby Campbell was a close pick for me, but I decided to go with Isaiah Gaithings. I just think with that size and the way that they use him, he's going to be up there in the top numbers for receiving touchdowns in this upcoming season. Big guy, does a really good job securing those jump balls against these smaller defensive backs in the Big South. I think that he's going to be a serious weapon and continue to grow and improve for that Gardner-Webb team. Sean, if you had to I concur. Pick- yeah, you concur. If you had to pick one team that we've talked about here that could surprise and outperform the way that they did last year, which team do you think is going to be the best? I'm going with a gut feel here. North Alabama. Historically, from what we've seen, some of these teams that have joined the conferences have not always done so bright. You know, they they haven't always uh, acclimated to the new ecosystem properly. I'm just going to place my blind bet here on North Alabama being a sleeper. Not winning the whole thing. No, no, no. Middle of the pack. Sleeper. Sleeper. All right, that's fair, and it's easy to – they're not easy, but it, it makes sense to pick a team that's new. They could come or come in here and seriously shake things up at the, at the middle of that conference and add some additional competition. Now, they were 4-7 and seven last year, but they were a recent move up from the Division II level a few years ago if I am um, – if I am correct, my pick though, Sean, I think is going to be Charleston Southern. They were in at the cusp of being in a spot to be one of the conference winners and, and one of the teams to make it to the playoffs out of this conference. But sadly, that didn't work out for them towards the end of this run. They were six and six last year. I'm a big fan of what they got going along their defensive line. I don't think they're losing a ton to really worry me too much. I just, I can see them stepping up and replacing a Monmouth team that was missing uh it's missing a lot of their big players and Sean it seems like you're agreeing with me on that point that if we're going to pick a a team that's going to fall off it has to be this Monmouth team that is losing three of the best players three all-american type players at key positions if we were going to pick that team that's going to fall off it would have to be Monmouth who won the conference last year yeah, and I don't particularly like your uh, typical train of thought, picking the winner, having them, having them as the faller, and I've noted that. But this is an actual big-time exception here. <laughs> You're losing three incredibly key players for your team. They're not going to replicate that. I don't see that as a, as a possibility. Uh, yeah, I just don't know how you're supposed to, to translate – last year's success into this upcoming year when you're losing so many key players. Like that is a lot of, of key guys in Kenji Bahar, in P. Carrero, in Tymir Berry. And that's just a number of those guys. There was a very senior heavy team and there's a reason why they were so good last year. It, it's going to be tough for them to to replicate what we saw from them. And now I'm not saying that they're going to completely fall off and be one of the bottom teams in the conference, but they're most likely, more likely than not, not going to repeat as the winner here. Sean, your pick for winner. I'm going with Charleston Southern. I have them winning the Big South. And guess what, Blythe and Maceroni? Come at me all you want. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> I'm not backing down. I think Charleston Southern's taking the whole thing this year. 
Uh, I can see the the Charleston Southern pick. I'm going to go with Kennesaw State. They they always are in contention and always at the top of this conference. If it wasn't for one conference loss and, and being 5-1 and one in conference, they would have been in contention to win the Big South. So I, And they were in contention for a very long time, but Monmouth was able to win out. I think that Kennesaw State's losing less. They've got a better presence on defense, and that option attack is always so dangerous. So uh, let's not be crazy here. Kennesaw State uh, has to be an easy pick for a winner. And, and Sean, yeah, they're my number two pick. Yeah, and, and Sean, if we were uh, looking back at last year, our picks last year, we both picked Kennesaw State. So we weren't far off. We were off by one win. That was probably the closest we've been. Yeah, we're it's the closest we've been. I think we talked very highly of Monmouth last year, but that it's not too far off. Well, Sean, you got any other final thoughts about the Big South before we close out here? No, uh, if you're a Big South fan and you listen to this, guess what? And if you're just new to this and you've picked up this show and just because you saw this on your, your Twitter feed, when the season rolls around, we'll be covering them too. So feel free to tune back in when this season starts up and you'll get all your Big South feel. You'll get to know if one of your uh, favorite team's players made a fat stat or if they uh, or if they're a part of the water cooler headlines. It, 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 this is not just the extent of our Big South coverage, and that goes for all conferences. So if you are a Big South fan, feel free to come on back when that season starts because we'll be here. Oh, certainly. Thank you for tuning in, everyone. As always, be sure to rate and subscribe wherever you may be listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, you name it. We are there. And you can also find us at Believe.com, spelled B-L-E-A-V. Com. Also follow us on social media at Joe DeLeon. You can follow Sean at Sanderson Radio. And uh, make sure you follow Believe Podcasts at B-L-E-A-V Podcasts on Instagram and Twitter. We are on to our next show, Sean, which is going to be, I believe, the Southland is the next conference that we are going to be talking about on our next show, Sean. Um, just, <laughs> oh, You're no, doing a weird a, voice, man. It's Southland a, next week. It's we'll, re- southern, we'll be no, back it's with southern, you. It's a Southern conference. Whatever. The next one. Golly. Right. <laughs> Why, now I'm getting tripped up. End the show. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned for next week as we will do the Southern conference. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.